Joseph Franklin McElroy, and welcoming you to the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, deep storied history cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. As I said, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to talk about agritourism and farm to table with Laura Laffer. The first, you know, a little bit of a sponsors and, and things like that. You know, uh, when you start planning a trip, after you decide where you're going to go, you usually the first things you do is you uh, you choose, uh, you book your flight, and you book your place you're going to stay. And that's because you need to have a place to start your uh, vacation adventure, uh, and then you can get then you can get to work on an itinerary. Now, in place and finding a place to stay, I want you to imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, uh, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian feel, a place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire, and eat accompanied by fine wines or craft beers. So imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Meadowlark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain adventures start with where you stay. Now, one of the things that we can help you with is help you build your itinerary once you decide that you're going to stay uh, and come to the Smoky Mountains for a vacation, stay at the Meadowlark. We actually have a site called SmokiesAdventure.com that you can actually do your research on uh, to find out about uh, you know, the best hiking trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures, and family entertainment that you can find here. Um, and you can find a lot about the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. You know, the best trails, the best waterfalls, and what you can do in Caves Code. You can find out about the history of the Smokies and how to explore that. Um, and that's Smokies Adventure, SmokiesPluralAdventure.com um, for, for your uh, research pleasure. And then when you get here, we'll be more than happy to, sell, to set you up with tours or other things to do. And, of course, we have a lot of things going on here. We have the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain um, Historical Center here where we have lots of uh, – uh, uh, events coming uh, about mountain heritage and music and culture here in the mountains, and I'll tell you about a couple of them. Recently, there was a viral event on TikTok and Instagram with some cloggers, and specifically one clogger, clogger that live right here in Maggie Valley, near Maggie Valley, Jonathan Creek. Um, and we're going to actually bring those cloggers here this weekend to the Meadowlark to do a performance. Uh, is they're the they're, they're the Jay Creek Cloggers, and uh, and they are going to be here on uh, on Friday night on Saturday night, um, and they're going to they're going to be performing at seven thirty. But previous to that, you can have a free barbecue. Uh, they're sort of an iconic dance group uh, that have been performing for a number of years. But uh, Zeb the Legend Ross was just picked up on. Uh, on TikTok and Instagram doing some solo buck dancing that was reminiscent of a lot of uh, uh, urban dancing going on. And he became sort of a he uh, hero and he's actually got a nickname now in the, uh, on the online uh, things. He's, he's called the legend because um, he does something called, I think called a crip walk. Uh, it, that's an urban culture, but it's part of the clogging that he does uh, here. So uh 
So it's kind of cool um, that that happened. And I don't think they've had, uh, I think they've had a hundred million views. It's crazy. So, uh, you know, we invite you to come out and see it live at, at uh, on Saturday night, uh, July 30th, uh, here at the Metal Art. Um, and admission is free for the motel guests and for Heritage Club members. And it's $20 for people that are just visiting. Just call 828-926-1717 to find out information reverse, to reserve your room. Now, another, another thing that on August 6th that we're doing, the Smoky Mountain Heritage Center is putting on, uh, starting a Cherokee Heritage Series. And they're bringing in uh, um, a true Appalachian, Appalachian treasure, uh, Davy Arch. And Davy is a world-famous Cherokee tribal historian and historian and award-winning craftsman of traditional Cherokee crafts, especially masks and baskets. And he's a beloved spokesman for the Eastern Cherokee uh, tribe. Uh, and this will be on August 6th, uh, starting at 6 with a barbecue dinner and music. Uh, and then uh, there will be a whole presentation uh, that you will find very interesting. Uh, mission again is $20 for a guest. Uh, it's free for motel uh, guests and Heritage Club, Heritage Club members. Call 828-926-1717 to reserve your seat. One of the events coming up that I've been promoting for a while now is a songwriter's camp. I don't know if you've heard of Jim Lauderdale, but he's a Grammy award-winning artist. I think 30 hit songs under his belt um, that he's written for various artists or more. He wrote a lot of George Strait's uh, songs. He wrote uh, King of the Broken Hearts, might be one of the big ones that you know. Uh, so he, And he, he's leading a crew of Grammy award-winning artists here. There's going to be Charles Humphrey III, uh, and, uh, and then there's going to be Darren Nicholson of Balsam Range, Clay Mills, and Charles Chamberlain. It's like a, it's like a dream team of songwriters and, and top musicians uh, here at the Metal Arc. Uh, and it's a two-day event where you'll do have a meet and greet. You're going to have a, a, a concert by the, the songs from the road band. Uh, and, uh, and a barbecue dinner and an all-star concert on the Saturday night. And then you're going to have uh, an all-day intensive workshop uh, where you actually walk away with a demo tape of one of your songs. Uh, and it's going to be incredible. And it's a great way to meet and learn from some of the top in the business. So call 828-926-1717 to reserve your space and to get a ticket uh, uh, get a space for the, the, the workshop and the, the two concerts are also available to the public just to come and enjoy the music. So again, 828-926-1717 to get your spot. Um, so, uh, today we're going to be talking about agritourism, uh, and it's with, uh, 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 it's with, um, our guest is, her name is Laura Lawfer. Is, and then she is the project director of Empowering Mountain Food Systems at Appalachian Regional Commission Power Project Center for Environmental Farming, Farming Systems. You can't say that a lot of times fast. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Sponsored by North Carolina State University, an organization whose objective is to offer financial, technical, and business support to regional farms and food-related businesses while also being an advocate for agritourism. She holds degrees from Western Carolina University and NC State University, speaks four languages, 
and is a webinar producer, blogger, and community activist. She resides in Webster, North Carolina, and enjoys hiking and spending time with family or friends. Hello, Laura. How are you doing? Hey. Hey, I'm doing your great. Last, did I pronounce your last name right? Lawfer. Mm -hmm. Lawfer. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. So we're very thrilled to have you here today. Uh, you know, we are um, we are getting in far, into farm to table here at the Metal Arc. Okay. Now, uh, we've actually put in a, a raised uh, garden back in the back here. And then, yeah, I went out to my old family farm, which I own, part, uh, you know, a third of it. And on my, on my land, my, it was, this is where my grandfather farmed. I put in my first field, but now I'm a farmer. I'm feeling so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, I got a lot to learn, but I did. Uh, I, I do have some uh, candy roasters and things like that uh, uh, growing there. So I'm looking forward to this conversation because I'm sure you can teach me how I can do this much better. So, but first, let's, I want to get a little bit into your background. You're a native of Fayetteville, North Carolina, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I uh, whenever I think of that area. I automatically think of Fort Bragg. Were you were you an army brat by chance? My dad was in the army. Yes, that's how I like to answer that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did grow up more closer to Fort Bragg, and uh, uh, my dad was career special forces, and it was a really wonderful, wonderful way to grow up. It was a a really nice community there on the base. So you got to stay in one place for your whole childhood. I did. Uh, my wow, dad retired. Amazing. Yeah, my dad. I was a kind of a latecomer uh, as far as the in the order of children, mm -hmm. and so my dad retired um, when I was still in elementary school. But we stayed there because of the tight community bond uh, with all the soldiers' families. So wow. Yeah, I was just recently out there. Uh, my son, my thirty-year-old son, um, is uh, happens to be a power lifter, and there was a. There was actually a major uh, powerlifting event out there. So, mm. uh, you know, it, it, I, I, it's an interesting mixed bag place. There's some really beautiful places and there's some places that, uh, you know, but uh, all of North Carolina is, is, is beautiful. So, yeah, I used to consider myself a beach girl and then yeah. I moved to the mountains and I <clears throat> and I was coming back from the beach a couple of years ago and I, and I was so happy to come to the mountains. So I just decided I was a North Carolina girl. There you go. You, you got everything here. Right? Yeah, it is yeah. beautiful here. We have a rainforest, we have snow ski mountains and we have a, a white, white sand beaches. So mm -hmm. you can't really beat that. Yeah. So how did you um, end up going to Western Carolina university from uh, high school in uh, Fayetteville? Well, it was a circuitous route, as you um, can imagine, and there was a boy involved. And so, um, yeah, but I, I was very glad I, I ended up here. And um, so this was a sweet homecoming for me since I, I graduated there in 1988. And uh, another boy I met and I took off to, to the Peace Corps from, from Cullowhee. So, wow. Uh, so 30 years later, I'm back and um, really, really appreciating it more, you know, in my advanced age, the beauty of the region. You know, back then, I, you know, we were hiking and kind of going to Paradise Falls and stuff like that. But this time, I'm really, really enjoying uh, the beauty of the of the region. The Peace Corps. Where did you go in the Peace Corps? Went to Zaire. Wow. Uh, it's this 
country in the middle of Africa. It's uh, probably one of the most difficult posts you can have, honestly. And um, it uh, it was an amazing experience. And many volunteers don't have that experience anymore, being so wow. rural. Well, um, I got I, I want to hear a little bit more about that experience, but we got to take a break right now, and then we'll okay. come back and. Uh, and then and talk a little bit more about that and other okay. than of course western north carolina <laughs> great howdy this is joseph franklin mcelroy back with uh Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Laura Lawfer. So, Laura, you were in the Peace Corps and you were in Africa. Uh, and uh, what, what you were doing there, did that have anything related to agriculture? Or what it was, did. It did. Yeah. Um, we were extension agents. What most people know, what extension agents do here is they extend the research from the land-grant university to farmers. And in Zaire, um, which is now Democratic Republic of Congo, um, there was a research station, but there were not agents. And so my husband and I uh, would get seeds and extend them to farmers in the region, mostly corn and soybeans, uh, to try to increase the protein content of diets because malnutrition was an issue there. So it, it was a, a lovely, amazing experience. We lived in a mud hut with no plumbing and no electricity and only got around on bikes. Oh, wow. So, it was, it, it made you appreciate um, all that we have. Well, that sounds like, it does sound like a fantastic experience. And I see that you spoke four languages, you know, the romantic languages, uh, and then the, this one called Chuluba. Chuluba, Eyoa, Eyoa, Mokai. Yeah, I, I was in a gas station in Raleigh once, and the guy behind the counter was speaking Chuluba, and I started speaking to him, and he's like, wow. So yeah, it's a, that's the great thing about Peace Corps is they, they teach you the local dialect. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really great. I think it'd be hard for me to carry on a conversation in most of those languages. Um, I, I grew up spending a lot of time in Montreal and got a, uh, a minor in Spanish and then spoke French and Chuluba in Zaire. So it's a mix match in there. Wow. Now, how long did you stay in Zaire? Three years. Three years we, is a pretty um, long time. That becomes almost home, right? Yeah, it was. We we stayed on. We extended a little at the end and worked in the uh, Ituri rainforest with John and Teresa Hart, and they were doing research uh, with the Bambuti uh, tribe, which is also known as the Pygmies, way way deep in the rainforest, and. Um, it was an amazing experience, but wow. we were ready to go and we hitchhiked across the continent. It's something you can't do really anymore. No, but, wow. uh, it was a it was a true vagabond experience for some young people. And then you came back to the United States after that? We did. We thought we would travel a lot more, uh, but the Gulf War was going on and our family, you know, was ready for us to come to come back. But we we tooled around Europe for a little bit and then came back. And where'd you settle? Settle. Uh, actually, we stayed uh, in Wake County for a while, and then we moved out into the country and started our first little farm in uh, in Garner in Johnston County. Oh wow! 
and um, and I worked in Durham. I worked uh, for African News Service until um, I went to grad school and became a, a Peace Corps recruiter um, in grad school at NC State, and that was really a wonderful experience. And and that, that's where you got even further into understand at the at the grad school. You got into the agriculture related uh, studies. No, mostly sustainability. So I'm not a, an ag technician. Uh-huh. I'm a food, food systems person and community development and economic development. Uh, okay. um, so I'm not the, uh, I, ha- I do have, you know, a, a little bit of knowledge, you know, enough to get by on animal husbandry and crop production. Mm-hmm. But but my area of emphasis is food systems and economic development. Wow. Cool. You know, we're the, uh, we're the only three pine rated lodging facility, I think, west of Asheville by the state of North Carolina in terms of being oh, sustainable. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I taught um, sustainability for a while. I started a program at Central Carolina Community College, um, one of the few sustainability degrees in the state. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a wonderful experience. And then you worked as a program coordinator at Local Farms of Food with NC uh, A&T? I did. That's when I got, I left uh, teaching because I really was kind of tired of talking about sustainability so much in the classroom every day. And I was um, missing the application in the field. And so I um, took a leap of faith and and left teaching and was brought on uh, for this regional food systems work at NCANT and their extension program. Cool. And what, uh, what is, what is re- regional food systems work? What does that entail? What is it you do there? Well, so one of the things that we like to focus on is helping farmers um, with their supply chain. Um, if they want to diversify their uh, source of funding, do they want to diversify markets? This happened a lot during COVID where, you know, the, the one-on-one marketing, say at farmers markets went away so we help folks establish their web presence, maybe establish a pickup. And so for that, they needed coolers. And so we had a program. Um, our funder came to us during COVID and said, what, what do you need to do? You know, because everything, this, of course, it was not our plan uh, mm-hmm. to have a pandemic in this project. And, and so I went to the farmers and I was like, what, what do y'all need most? And it was cold storage. So um, because they were like, had to hold on to things a little bit longer and have a different distribution method. So, um, so supply chain is very important, you know, maintaining that quality and diversifying income. So that's, that's kind of a snapshot. That's one of the things we do. So then you, um, so you you ended up then coming to um, Western North Carolina and and, and lead leading, becoming the project director of this God awful law. It's just, it's empowering mountain food systems. It says it all. It's a okay. great title. That is, that is an Appalachian Regional Commission Power Project Center for Environmental Farming Systems. <laughs> yeah, you, you always have to mention your funders. You know, they like that. And it's important. So, yeah, uh, we, we are funded by the Appalachian Regional Commission. It's a, over a million dollar grant over four years uh, to do this work. And we also, very importantly, got funding from the Cherokee Preservation Foundation to work uh, with Cherokee farmers and Cherokee food systems. And my office is actually in the Koala boundary of the Eastern Band of Cherokee. So we've had the great pleasure to work with uh, 
tribal uh, government and and our our allies there to help uh, Cherokee farmers and Cherokee businesses grow. So you work? Do you do you, do you work with farmers? Do you work with other businesses like restaurants, groceries, anything yeah. else? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Do you do for them? Um. So like during COVID, uh, some restaurants transitioned to be little grocery stores. So uh, I hope folks know about Guadalupe Cafe in downtown Silva. Oh, that's a great cafe. Yeah, so, I love it. I love yeah. that, like the the multiple salsa salsa yeah. that you can bring. Yeah, out. that's a great. Yeah. That's a great. Uh, yeah, dish. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen is wonderful, and she's always been super committed to local food systems. And so she was only doing takeout, but folks would come get their takeout. They could get coffee butter cheese bacon and so for that she needed more cold storage and so we helped with that and then we also helped with yonder which is a fabulous market up in franklin and so they during covid they transitioned from a from a restaurant to a um community supported agriculture where they were selling bags of food and and a little grocery store so yeah absolutely so it's you know it's all along we like to work all along the supply chain we even work with western carolina university we had an event there a few weeks ago uh talking to their catering directors about buying local for for events there wow so a little so our little plan of uh, building a um a small essentially a small farm to help support our our uh our uh, our plans to make this restaurant would be something that we we could actually work a little bit with you on. Absolutely, I mean you're in Haywood County. This project is only goes from Haywood to uh, Cherokee County. Um, there's often not a lot of attention out here in this little piece of heaven. You know there there is a lot of mountains west of Asheville. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We we love we have some great partners in Haywood County. Cool. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm totally. Uh, you know, totally. Uh, uh, totally enamored by the. You know, the uh, the, the concept of agritourism. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you, you. How do you guys promote agritourism? Well, agritourism. What's really essential is that agritourism is tourism that is added onto an existing farming operation. So it's not this case where um, Laura goes and buys a piece of land and puts up a beautiful barn and it's a wedding venue. Mm -hmm. That is not agritourism. So agritourism is a is a working farm or you know farm production business where they're adding agritourism uh, to increase knowledge and hopefully, of course, in, increase revenue. And, you know, people are very interested to learn, you know, where their food comes from. And, and you know, children love to go walk a llama or shear a sheep. Uh, Jehovah Raw Farm in Haywood County has a fantastic agritourism operation where you can stay in their cabin and, shear, and, and use the wool from a sheared sheep and make your own rug. Oh, that's overnight. fabulous. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So look up yeah. Jehovah Raw Farm. They are I wonderful. Will. Yeah. You know, uh, do you, I, well, I was, I'm a beekeeper. Oh, I, fantastic. I actually uh, learned it. You know, I did beekeeping a little bit when I was a kid here in the mountains, but I actually learned to do be pretty good at it in the South Bronx in New York City. 
Oh my goodness. I would uh, I would put beehives in uh in community gardens. And we were near the uh, the uh the botanical gardens. Wow. Uh, and we got I got all sorts of interesting flavors. But do you work with beekeepers? Is that uh Yeah, special? absolutely. One of our first uh grants we made was to uh Ferguson Farms in Haywood County and they are a hundred year farm. They're a historical farm in Haywood County. And um, they started uh, beekeeping, excuse me, in 2019, I believe, when we first started. And their operation, they are now getting ready to add glamping to their oh, farm. Yeah. So you can go and, and have a beautiful uh, tent on the river and, you know, hang out in your tub and then go and get on a four-wheeler and go visit the horses and learn about beekeeping. That's or, fabulous. or learn about you know beef production. I did a lot of education about um, about uh, beekeeping to kids in the Bronx and the, the community garden. So I'm looking to start doing that here too because I enjoyed it. And I have you know I have I have four year old twins now. Oh my god! Uh, believe it, I have a thirty year old son and I have four year old twins, and uh, I think they. I, I look forward to being able to show them about bees and things. So, but I think making it a part of a program, I might even you know. I think that I can do, because um, I figured out how to do it in the community garden, how to have a lot of, a number of beehives here at the metal art, because you can create bee flight, you know, you can create barriers that regulate where the bees fly, mm -hmm. right, at the height and everything else. So you can get them to fly above people for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then you can have them in very densely populated areas. And a lot yeah. of, you know, and so people didn't know that, but I got, we got to take another break. Okay. And then we'll come back and talk more about what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, and my guest, Laurie Lawford. So, Laurie, you know, I um, so assume I'm a neophyte business person, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and it's trying to get into agritourism and some of the agriculture. How, how, does, uh, how, do, how does somebody approach your organization and, uh, and, and find out about assistance and special programs and things like that? Mm -hmm. Well, just Google Empowering Mountain Food Systems and uh, you will come up and our, our, our homepage will come up. And on the right, there's a little purple button that says apply here. And that will take you uh, straight into our, our portal. And then you have an appointment with me and I talk to folks about what they're up to. And I hook them up with the different resources that they have. We we have a really cool program right now. Um, it's called Advanced Business Services that's helping um, local businesses who are who are kind of advanced. So we just helped, um, oh, Valley View Farms. She's a vermiculture operation. Mm. Do you know what vermiculture is? No, I have no idea. Vermiculture is worm farming. Oh, wow. Now I've heard worm farming, but yeah. Yeah, and she has an amazing worm farming operation. And so we assisted her with her new logo and her sign. Um, she has classes at her farm. She's actually teaching a class, Marianne Smith, um, August 2nd in, uh, in, in Clay County. 
Cool. So she's at the Haywood uh, County Historic Farmers Market every Saturday selling worm castings, which is worm poop. And it's just some of the most uh, rich um, fertilizer. fertilizer you can use. You really yeah. need to only use a very little. So anyhow, so um, that's a, a, an example of a client we just helped. Um, we're helping Bear Waters uh, Brewing there in Maggie. Um, they want to expand purchasing local products. And so we'll be um, helping them with some refrigeration so that they can refrigerate more local products. Oh, fabulous. Now, do you offer, do you offer education classes, things, training, things like that? That's mostly left to extension. Um, and one of our key partners in this project is the small business centers. Um, every community college in the state uh, hosts a small business center offering free business counseling. And so because this is an economic development project, we really focus on that business side of, of agriculture. Mm -hmm. And uh, we partner with, with each small business center. So there in Haywood County, uh, we partner with Haywood Community College and Ashley Schwanger uh, to have classes there. Um, but extension and, you know, you're so fortunate here, we've got Mills River Research Station uh, nearby and the Mountain Horticulture Research Station is on Raccoon Road there in Haywood County. And just they, you know, keep, keep in touch with them and their calendar and your local extension office. Um, yeah. So that's that they do that technical training piece. Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's nice. I mean, I've, I've been noticing that there are some things out here, you know, because you know, I know pretty much what to do with beekeeping, but in terms of actually, you know, what the next, how to evolve a farm is, you know, is not something I've uh, ever done before. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Well, uh, you gotta. You got to come up with a marketing plan like any good business, you know, come up with your do your cost benefit analysis and figure out if you're making money or losing money and um, yeah. and and kind of go from there. Well, I think my my challenge is I mean, I've been doing a lot of marketing. So my challenge, though, is actually uh, how do you grow the best stuff? Uh -huh. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Well, you start yeah. with good soil. Good soil and the worm sounds like a good addition. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been using, I think, mushroom-based stuff or or nice. also seafood-based stuff, right? Nice, uh, nice. But, yeah, uh, we're, we're blessed with fantastic uh, wild mushroom foraging in this region. So you've mentioned uh, a few uh, agriculture, agritourism business examples around the area. Uh, I think there's also another one you probably know about Darnell Farms over in Swain County, right? Yeah, yeah. The Darnells are fantastic partners in our in our work, and I always highlight them when I do teach a marketing class because you know I, I encourage anybody to go to the Darnell Farms Facebook page because they do live video all the time, mm -hmm. and and one of the best ones I saw was um, they went out in the field, picked a tomato sliced it put it between two pieces of wonder bread with some mayonnaise and probably good old, good old southern mayo and yeah and, yeah. and it was just yeah. running down his hand and he was yeah. eating it and he was loving it yeah. you know just folks just lined up for miles to come uh, and get a sandwich i eat a tomato sandwich about every uh, every other week i love a tomato sandwich mm -hmm. i grew up with them. 
So I, I put mine on, you know, wheat bread and I put spinach on there. I, you know, I've, I've made it a little bit more elaborate still, but the basis of it is still tomato and mayo on a, on a, yeah. on a bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're fantastic uh, community members. They support a lot of food pantries. They're a great place to work. And um, it really is a fun event venue with live music, a river, picking pumpkins and strawberries and hay rides. So that that is a lot of fun in, in yeah, City. Cool. So uh so any other places that you think are to highlight that are really great? Yes, yes, there's a new one. And I just found out today um a, with from Appalachian Sustainable Ag Project, which is a, a sister organization. They're having a farm tour this year uh, that will have a few stops in Haywood County, and they're going to go to Smoky Mountain Mangalista. Talk about a mouthful. <laughs> so the Mangalista pig is the cutest pig. It, it's a pig with, with tight, tight, curly hair, oh. but it has like the highest fat content. The lard chefs love it, love it, oh. love it, love it. So, but during COVID, um, you know, things changed for them and they lived on a beautiful piece of land with a river and people wanted to camp. So they're like, well, let's try camping. And yeah. so they, um, I believe their platform is Hip Camp, H-I-P-C-E-M-P. It's kind of like an Airbnb for farmers who have land. So mm -hmm. you roll up in your camper you roll up with your tent and you have this beautiful experience on a farm so yes smoky mountain mangalista and you can buy some amazing pork chops while you're there oh that's that's pretty cool yeah i, I i'm looking at uh putting some you know some cabins or clamping out in an iron duff you know because uh you know i have the whole facility to do all the management of all that so yeah it, it makes sense where do you see the future of agritourism in the next few years um, I think um, ecotourism for sure, um, talking about sustainability, um, one of the really exciting things that's happening uh, in agriculture is carbon sequestration, mm -hmm. is, you know, recognizing farmers um, as a solution to climate change and not a problem for climate change. And so, you know, going and seeing you know, what are these sustainability measures you can take with your cattle um, and your pastures? Uh, how can we, you know, can, you know, use practices that uh, create a better habitat for birds and pollinators, things like that. So I'm, I'm hopeful that consumers will, will want to do that and take their children to see, you know. Yeah. Um, I took some nutrition students to interview some farmers and they had no idea that uh i think that potatoes grew underground or that <laughs> you know i know the first time i saw how brussels spout sprouts grew i was like oh wow that's kind of cool that they grow on a stalk yeah but, um yeah it, it's fun and you know we have these beautiful rivers and all of this recreation so what i would like to see is folks combine you know come out uh, enjoy the river, enjoy the mountains, and leave maybe leave some of your resources behind. Leave some of your money behind with the local farm that conserves that beauty that you love to see. Right. Well, I think it's a great idea for children. You know, the, the it used to be that children were a big mainstay of tourism here in Haywood County, but because we had the ghost town in the sky. But you know, now research shows that hey, the 
predominant demographic now comes out is over 45, right? Yeah, the motorcycle people. The motorcycle people. And you got the pet friendly crowd and you've got the hikers and you got, but in general, they're, 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 it's an older demographic now. So, but, I, you know, since COVID, we're starting to see families come out. And, and I think uh, having things like agritourism where they can go learn a lot of stuff and go, going from penning, petting sheep to, you know, seeing how things grow to, you know, camping, I think those are all great uh, visions for, you know, for uh, really uh, vital, revitalizing tourism across the board. Absolutely. I also I also saw that you uh, you encourage diversity. You've been doing a lot of work involving women in pursuing the, this field. Uh, so how do you do that, and what do you do for them? I, I really don't have to do anything for them. They they are leaders uh, in the field, and um, they are dynamic, uh, savvy business people. Um, so the, they don't really require any extra attention, any extra programming. I just. Uh, you know, I work to serve them the way I, I serve anybody else. I, I did write an article for Smoky Mountain News um, a couple years ago about, um, you know, the dynamism of women in agriculture in the region. And KT from KT's Orchard, Patricia Taylor, um, told the story about being one of the few women that went to the Apple meetings, mm -hmm. uh, you know, years ago, and that the the male um, apple farmers are kind of like looking at her about speaking up and she's like i'm here to learn <laughs> and um and she's an amazing amazing farmer i absolutely recommend you go by kt's orchard uh in canton and you can uh, pick apples and pears and blackberries and blueberries and get jam and honey and so that's another another great asset at kt and so she she's a leader she counsels um, other farmers and uh, yeah, women, women are natural um, leaders. And so they, they don't need me for much. But sometimes they have unique challenges. I mean, maybe not as much as they used to, but like my grandmother, when she moved here back in the, what, the 40s, 50s, she became like the first woman broker mm. in the state of North Carolina, but they wouldn't let her open her own bank account until her husband came in and opened it. Yeah. Uh, is there any unique challenges that women face now in the, in agritourism? No. Oh, good. All right, cool. All right. Well, we have to take another break and then we'll come back. We'll finish up with, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, some things you want to make people aware of. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Uh Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, my guest, Laura Laufer. So, uh, Laura, you know, my, my, my business that's funded my, this move into the, into the back into my childhood home and, and uh, this motel and things originated in marketing. And, you know, and a big part of what we do is content and storytelling. And, and, and we built the metal arc, you know, we tripled revenue, tripled things through storytelling, essentially through the mountain heritage as the common theme throughout what we do. So I noticed that you emphasize storytelling in your agritourism businesses uh, as a way to build it. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you tell them? Absolutely. I mean, that's what, you know, you, you clinch folks with 
you know, this goat is named Beatrice after my grandma because my grandma was hard-headed and this goat is hard-headed. And that's that's why we call her Beatrice. Well, how is she hard-headed? Well, she's hard-headed because she figured out how to get out of the fence. And, you know, and you just go on and tell that story about, um, about unique things about your farm. And like you, you know, you're, you're talking about your grandmother, you know, especially if it's a heritage farm, let folks know, you know, how long has this been here? This is why we're here. This is why we do that. And, you know, it can be as simple as the story of where, where your food comes from, you know, like, oh, you enjoy bread. Do you know that bread comes from wheat? And, and this is where we grow wheat in Western North Carolina. And wheat can also be used for this. And so, so contextualizing agriculture so folks understand what it means to their everyday life. That's cool. That's cool. You know, I, uh, that's, you know, that's what we tell people in, you know, and, and when they want to do things in social media, like TikTok and stuff like that, and Instagram, it's all about telling a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's about telling the story, you know, and so that's, that's, that's you know that's 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 a way to help people a lot i think in terms of getting their story out there mm-hmm. um, now, we say on when folks do social media on facebook that it should be the content should be 80 percent storytelling and 20 percent selling mm-hmm. you know you know it's like oh here's pictures of you know we want the best picture of your child eating a strawberry from our strawberry patch you get thousands of pictures of kids with strawberry all over their face and people love it and then you say oh by the way you know still picking until dark until august 5th you know right cool so um how do you define the ideal farm to table program oh that's a good one um when the chef works with the farmer before anything goes into the ground Mm -hmm. and so you know say chef uh is reading um some fancy culinary you know fine dining magazine and he sees this beautiful radicchio and he's like i want that you know on my plate it looks beautiful so he and his the farmer that he works with they sit down with maybe the johnny seed catalog and and they're talking about it and they're like, okay, well, I'll try it. I'll plant some for you. We'll see how that goes. And it is a relationship like that. It's, it's truly um, creativity on both ends. And, you know, the chef has to have some um, expectations and understanding of the challenges of disease, water, you know, things that happen that some things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's truly, truly a relationship. You know, the chef is visiting the farm. Um, the farmer's going in to have a great meal at the restaurant. So that is absolutely the ideal where the, and the chef's menu, like here in Silva, Ilda is a fantastic example. Um, they change their menu every couple of weeks to what's, yeah. what's, what's fresh and what's coming in the door. That's, I mean, yeah, the, when you're doing the, the farming, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to do deal with the dynamicism of what's available. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's uh, got yellow squash in yeah. July, so yeah. maybe plant, you know, uh, a different kind of beet instead. So you have to be smart like that. Right, or come up with unique recipes for yellow squash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they're out there somewhere. 
Well, I'm 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 loving yellow squash soup, a cream soup. Mm. It's a yellow squash. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so, but uh, um, you um, you uh, you. Uh, sorry, I got I lost my place in my my questions here. So, uh, so. You have a website, right? What's the website again? You just say it's, uh, Google is the easiest way? Yeah, empoweringmountainfoods.org, I believe. Okay. And, uh, and there's two other websites I wanted folks to be aware of that I hope we can put on the Facebook page. Uh, one is the Visit NC Farms app. Mm -hmm. So this is an app uh, sponsored by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture. And uh, in Haywood County, it's sponsored by Cooperative Extension. Uh, in Buncombe County, it's sponsored by Soil and Water, and in Jackson County, it's funded by the Tourism Development Authority. And so you download this app, and wherever you're driving in North Carolina, you can, you know, type in, you know, alpaca farm or strawberries, and it will come up with a map, hours, what's available. So the Visit NC Farms app. And then uh, the other one I'm super excited about, especially for your our out of town folks, is vacationer supported agriculture. And um, I put that link in the chat, so I don't quite remember that. I hope I'm not messing this up. So uh, P1 provisions visit NC Smokies, and so hopefully we can put that in the in the stream. And what's so exciting about this is, before you get to town. Um, say you're staying in a cabin and you would like um, a bag of fresh, freshly picked produce from a farm right down the road. Mm -hmm. And um, in Haywood County, it's Mark McDonough at Mighty Gnome, Mark and Danielle at Mighty Gnome, and Chris and Christine Braswell of Outlaw Acres. So these two farmers are supplying uh, visitors with a beautiful bag of produce, eggs, and flowers. And it's there for them to pick up at Bearwaters Brewery and Bosu Wine Shop in Waynesville when they get to town. So Would those are Bearwaters, the can or uh, the one in Maggie. The one in Maggie. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we met with Kevin. He's really excited to to support us. He's a big supporter of of local farmers. So and, they would go uh, get a bag so have that so they'd have this produce while they're here, right? Yeah. What they're yeah. saying. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we have cabins here at the Middle Earth. We should talk to Bearwaters and Absolutely. Them. Yeah, you can we'll send you the link. And when so for all your folks who are coming in August, you can go ahead and send them the link and say, Hey, do you want to pick up a bag of produce? Here you go. Oh, that's a great so, idea. It yeah. is. It's a it's happening. It's been happening. It's an NC State sponsored program. It's been happening on the coast for five years. And, and they pay for it, right? They pay oh, for yeah. it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I believe it's $45 a bag oh, that's and, not and you get your own, you know, uh, insulated cooler carrier and um, Haywood County and Jackson County are pioneers in Western North Carolina. It's been happening on the coast for five years. So we, we're really appreciative. Well, that's great. I mean, anybody out there doing Airbnb, you should seriously think about this. You can Absolutely. go pick, it up. Can go pick it up for your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can I can hook them up. Yeah. So we just met with some Airbnb owners last week and um they're very, very excited about this. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the idea. I like the idea because we can put it in our cabins. Yeah. Um, we, we can actually go pick it up for them and have it there when they arrive. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. It's right down the road. Yeah, right down the road from us. So cool. So everybody out there, Metal Ark Motel is soon going to have produce available in the rooms when you come. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cool. Any other, th- any other thing you want to shout out before I, I close up? Just, you know, go to your local farmer's market, check them out. Um, When you go and eat out at a restaurant, ask them, do you have any local products on your menu? Um, This really is up to we as consumers to drive uh, the markets to these farms. I mean, we, we drive around the Smokies, we see these beautiful venues, and some of them are venues that are beautiful because farmers are being conservation-minded and keeping land in production so so i say eat your view yeah cool well thank you so much for being on my show it's a pleasure i I want to talk further i'm going to go to your website do the application to come talk to you yeah Um, yeah we we have a a little bit of funding left we're really excited about it so cool um thank you so this is the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. We're, we're streamed live on Facebook at facebook.com slash Gateway to the Smokies podcast every Friday, every uh, every Tuesday at 6 to 7. It's also on the talkradio.nyc network, uh, which is a network of live podcasts every day, uh, ranging from help for small business to self-help to pet help to any number of subjects. And it, it's very dynamic because every podcast is live. So I recommend you take a look at what other offerings they have. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good network. Uh, you can also find all the old uh, episodes for this organized along with transcripts on the smokiesadventure.com site. You go there and there's a link at the top for the gateway to the Smokies podcast. And, uh, I look forward to you uh, coming and listening to us again next week. I think we're about to take a month off, so there'll be reruns for a month and a half until September. But I'll be back in September with new shows and new uh, new people to talk to, as well as some old friends and old uh, and old old subjects to go over again. Uh, so until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>